You are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Here's Ken LaVica. And we're presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program, your path to the sports industry, fau.edu slash MBA Sport. And don't you forget it, the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Theo Dorsey, one of the places he likes to hang out on Sundays. It's PBKC, and you're going to be doing it again this coming Sunday, right? That's right, on Championship Sunday, at least the morning before. It, That's right. Because PBKC, your entertainment destination with no-limit poker, table games, super simulcast, experience exceptional dining and exciting events including this one join me theo dorsey alongside jmart this sunday for the pbkc palm beach sports card and memorabilia show we'll be broadcasting live from the second floor of pbkc 10 to 11 a.m on sunday the pbkc palm beach sports card and memorabilia show with over 50 vendors that have sports memorabilia to buy sell and trade and much, much more. Admission is absolutely free. Parking is free. Get more information at pbkennelclub.com or by following PBKC on social media. And they have so many TVs so you can watch your championship Sunday right from that second floor. On Twitter, Titans, Packers, Bucks, Bills. Which loss this weekend was the most gut-wrenching? Uh, and it's pretty much a clean sweep. Ryan Lynch tweets, got to be the Bills. All they needed was a stop to avoid OT. Jamie Stangle, Bills not even close. David J. Neal, Miami Herald, it's the Bills. Mike G, Bills, 13 seconds to score is absurd. Finhead, no loss was more gut-wrenching to the fan base than the Bills. Frank Fort, Bills. Crash Taylor, Bills. Voss, Bills. Patrick Reppel says, no doubt, it's the Bills. The goddess says, the Bills. So, everybody is and I think if this game happened Saturday it maybe wouldn't have the same type of volume of responses that the bills are getting it's fresh but I think it's fresh exactly uh and it's that fan base because also when I was making the point about how people wanted to pile on Aaron Rodgers if things went poorly on Saturday because there is this this inherent just shut up already kind of mindset when it comes to Rodgers and I mean I'm sort of in that boat too, but I think the Bills were like the teddy bears of, <laughs> yeah. of this NFL postseason. There was a beloved nature to them. They are the team on the rise. They're young. Uh, they're, they're they're like the the young, attractive, upcoming uh, uh, new thing. They're the fad, yeah. and they throw yourselves through tables and you say, "I love you, Josh Allen and Hey Stephon Diggs. Why don't you come over and watch a movie with me?" You know, they they, they were that. They're that type of team, and they fell short, but in that manner, and because it's fresh, that's why there's so many. Bills had the most gut-wrenching loss. All of them standing alone, they're some of the most gut-wrenching playoff losses you could ever imagine, but the Bills, because of the freshness, because of who they are and what they mean to fans in the NFL right now, they're the current hot thing. That's why we're getting the reaction we're getting today. Well, also with the Bills, they're the only team of the four that lost the game that actually won the game. Like, the Bills won the game with 13 seconds left. Yeah, any other – yeah, if you're going up against any other team, the game's over. Yeah, and they actually, like, made a play to make sure. – so they they celebrated. They had that elation, that breath of fresh air. We won it. Like, the Rams and the Bucks. the Bucks tied the game. You know, uh, the even in the Titans game, or, uh, you know, the Titans didn't win the game. They lost the game, really, yeah. because they were up and then – They kind of inched their way back into it, and then the – 
Bengals just took advantage of a Ryan Tannehill yeah, that mistake. Was... The the Tanny trifecta, INT, 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 <laughs> you knew was coming. Uh, and then the Packers, just, you know, special teams, special teams, special teams. But Aaron, yeah. it's more Aaron Rodgers just being Aaron Rodgers. Can't he didn't, seal make, the deal. He didn't, he didn't go and win the game like a Hall of Fame quarterback is no. expected to. Yeah, that's the thing. It's not even like a two-time MVP. It's a, a Hall of Fame guy. Yeah. But it's also, it's not like Tom Brady, who this was not an MVP season for him, but he is a first ballot Hall of Famer and he found a way to get his team back in. Aaron Rodgers is going to win the MVP this year. He is. He is the two-time back-to-back MVP winner, and he still could not do anything. What what do you think the separation between Devontae Adams and Stephon Diggs is? Like, I know Hmm. Devontae Adams is probably looked at as a better receiver. How, How? It's not that great of a gap, right? I don't think so, but they're also different types of receivers too yeah. i mean Devonte adams has more size Devonte adams is someone who you feel a little bit better bodying up in a one-on-one whereas stefan diggs is more of a a, a burner a route runner big too. play route runner yeah. and not that Devonte adams is an elite route runner but stefan diggs that's how he's made his his career but yeah well, they're in the same neighborhood I, I say that because defensive defenses play them similarly at least like where they say hey we're gonna try and stop this guy whereas Josh Allen said, cool, I'm going to throw 200 yards to Gabe Davis then and keep mm-hmm. pulling you on the other side of the mm-hmm. field, mm-hmm. whereas Aaron Rodgers didn't have enough trust in an Allen no, Lazard or was, even a Randall Cobb, yeah. and he kept forcing it to Adams. Yep. It was just uh, lock in on Devontae Adams. You're so right. I think Allen, in a way, Josh Allen looked more like the veteran quarterback who made the right move and took what the defense gave him versus Aaron Rodgers, who's supposed to be the, the four-time MVP veteran Hall of Fame quarterback, and he's still forcing the ball to his number one receiver on third and yeah. long. And it's just making a fool of himself. I think that that's pretty spot on. Josh Allen definitely looked like the guy who uh, was more dynamic, had the better vision, and was able to spread it out yeah. more. Four yeah. touchdowns to Gabe Davis in over 200 yards. Ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, it was absolutely <laughs> insane. I'm sorry, Bills fans, I know today sucks. I know it, I know it, I know it. But, man, you have a gem. A gem mm. in Josh Allen. By the way, that game last night, what the, what the Chiefs and Bills were playing yesterday and what the fourth quarter Rams and Buccaneers were yesterday, I don't know how you classify what the Dolphins played this season, what they put on the field, as anything resembling championship-level football. It, it was not there even is the same such a, a, a concerning gap now mm. between the best three or four teams in the NFL and everybody else, and that includes the Dolphins and the Jets. And the Giants. I mean, hell, the Patriots aren't even in the same realm as what we saw with the two games yesterday. I mean, the Chiefs and Bills, what they put on last night, that's that's like football on steroids. That's How do you even come close to competing with that? How do you beat that? That was the AFC Championship last night. The Bengals are a great story, but Joe Burrow, if he's getting sacked nine times again yeah. in Kansas City... That's a done deal, man. There ain't going to be no drama next weekend. You saw the way Melvin Ingram was throwing offensive tackles around in that game, mm-hmm. and those were that's a decent off. That's a good Bills offensive line. Oh, man, yeah, the Bengals are in for some trouble. The Dolphins, Chris Jones. Oh, the Dolphins have so much work to do. It's oh, yeah. daunting. <laughs> yeah, it is daunting. <laughs> don't even think about. Don't do that to yourself right now, Ken. You have all off season, all week all to right. think about that. Enjoy what we just witnessed. Don't I know. think about your heartache. But I, 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 I thinking about it this morning. I mean, that's for me the reason why maybe the Dolphins just go hire Brian Dable. And I've been very intent on go get a guy with head coaching experience because yeah. that didn't work out with Joe Philbin, new guy. Didn't work out with Adam Gase, new guy. Didn't work out with Brian Flores, new guy. But 
Brian Dable, one, you get him away from the Bills. Yeah, yeah. And two, <laughs> maybe you get some of that Bills offensive design. I, I uh, man. But God, but you don't get Josh kid, Allen, yeah. though. That's the thing. I know. That's the it's, thing. It's Josh Allen's the yeah. one who makes that whole thing work. Yeah. But I'm, I'm just trying to think of this, one, from a strategic standpoint and from a dastardly standpoint, yeah. where I can maybe diminish the Bills just a little bit to not lose by 30. Yeah. To not lose by 30 to the Bills, which, as Friday Night Lights can attest to, that's about every time the Dolphins and Bills hook up, it's been a 30-point loss. Brian Flores was absolutely massacred every time he went up against the Bills. And the common denominator there? Josh Allen. Yeah. The Dolphins don't have Josh Allen, but maybe they can get the offensive coordinator. I don't know. But that, that has made me come around on getting someone who doesn't have the head coaching experience because Brian Dable, his resume is just shot through the roof at this point. And can we get back to maybe talking about Eric Bieniemy? We can, but are the NFL owners going to interview him or hire him? I just, like- two years ago, he was the guy. Didn't get the job. We talked about it a couple of weeks ago, and we both agreed that unfortunately just seemed like he ended up being the token popular black coach. Yeah, he's the he he became prospect. the yeah. It became almost like they tried to make it into affirmative action guy. Yeah. Like, no, he's a damn good offensive coordinator. Can be a great play caller for a lot of these places. And instead, you're looking at Kellen Moore now. Yeah, I know. Uh, I mean, that's that's abysmal. If you think Kellen Moore is a better prospect like, than Eric B. And you know what I hate too is oh, but he doesn't call plays. It's like with Mike McDaniel's out in San Francisco. Oh, but he doesn't call plays. Why did that ultimately? Does not matter. You have an offensive mind. You have a guy who is diagramming plays just because in-game he's not calling the plays. That is not make or break about whether or not you're qualified to be a head coach. Sorry. I used to think that way. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. It is an excuse. It absolutely is. Because it's, it's this typical football overthinking. Football is not a difficult sport. It is very simple at its core. Friday Night Lights, you'll attest to it. You played it for a long time. While schematically, it might you might think that there's physics and <laughs> what what is this? What is that? How do you read that? At its core, football is a very simple game. You diagram plays, you execute plays, you are able to scout the opponent, and you execute. And life is good. And if you are able to diagram better plays and be creative, it doesn't matter if you're the one calling them in-game or not. You have created them. Right. If you are a coordinator, a pass game coordinator, run game coordinator, and you're not calling your plays, that just goes to show you how good of a system you have in place Mm -hmm. and how on the same page all the offensive players and the offensive staff is. Mm -hmm. It, It almost seems like you're more confident. And the guy not calling plays, knowing what plays are going to be called. Patty Mahomes, knowing what plays mm-hmm. are going to be called in certain situations. Like, if you're on the same page, it does not matter at all. Yeah. I mean, the way I look at it, if you have an offensive coordinator like Mike McDaniels, okay, and Jimmy Garoppolo is his quarterback, and you have helped Jimmy Garoppolo propel you into an NFC championship game after back-to-back road wins, or a Kellen Moore who has what we're – assuming is a top seven quarterback in the NFL in Dak Prescott, and the Cowboys of the last five weeks of the season and then into their first playoff game, what's more attractive to you right now? I'm taking the guy in the Bay Area. Yeah. Yeah. He could do more with less. Yeah. He's doing more with less. Oh, but he doesn't look like a head coach. He's spindly and small, and uh, God forbid he has a personality and wants to speak about things other than football. Ah, uh-uh, I want a meatball who's gnashing on gum and getting in people's faces. No, that's stupid. If if Eric Bieniemy looked like Sean McVay, he would have had a job five years oh, ago. I love that. You're exactly right. 
It just it plain and simple. If he looked like Sean McVay, he would have had a job well, five years ago. I tell you what's going to happen too. Um, not only is Eric the enemy not going to get a head coaching job, we're going to have the same discussions about Byron Leftwich oh, this yeah, offseason Byron too Leftwich. that we had two years ago about Eric the enemy. Yeah, I mean it's the NFL. I mean, I'm just not shocked at this point. So it's like, it's no, hard to, yeah. I'm just like, it's the NFL. Yeah. 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 Uh, James is in Lake Worth. James is on Ken Levick Alive. What's going on, James? Hey, uh, hey guys. Um, you know, you were talking about which fans hurt the most today. Yeah. You know, I, I'd say the football fan hurts the most today after watching probably arguably one of the greatest football games ever. It gets the overtime and. You know, we don't even get a chance to see Allen. I mean, I, I feel we're the ones that got cheated. The, 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 you know, I, I'm not a Chief fan or a, uh, a, a, a Bill fan. But as a football fan, I feel I got cheated on one of the, the greatest football games ever. Yeah, and you're not the only one. Uh, now, let me present to you, and appreciate the call, James. Let me present to you Theo Dorsey. Theo, if you could, um, if you could just sort of lay out your thoughts on on Josh Allen not touching the football in overtime yesterday. Okay, this is what I'll say. Josh Allen and the Bills knew going into that game what the overtime rules were. We as viewers knew what the overtime rules were, and the Bills had the number one defense. I don't want to hear people crying and playing the results of we didn't get to see Josh Allen touch the football in overtime as the main reason why we need to change the overtime rules today. There's multiple things the Bills could have done better on defense or on special teams and even on offense that I, I told you I had an idea that the Bills could have done that would have kiboshed all of this that could have won them the game in regulation. But they did let it get to overtime, and football's a team sport. If you're going to have a defense that got gassed, you don't have, maybe you're not deep enough, and Patrick Mahomes is going to carve you up at the end, that's it. it is what it is to me. And I, I just don't think the whole college system are trying to bring in like, oh, you get a chance, you get a chance. Oh, you No. Play football is the team sports. It's three phases. If you lose on one phase, you might lose the game. Uh, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers learned that, and the Bills learned that just last night in a game against Patty Mahomes. So overtime is always going to be something that is debated in yeah. the NFL. I'm not wholly against what NFL overtime is. I think it got improved with the rule several years ago because that was perfect. Aaron Rodgers didn't get a touch in overtime, and that's why the overtime rules were changed. Um, I'm okay with them. But where I still have a problem, just from an inherent competition standpoint, baseball, extra innings, both teams get to hit. Okay? Yeah. Soccer. Oh, penalty shootout. That's a crap way to decide a game. Well, both teams get to kick. Yeah. Um, basketball, overtime. Both teams have a possession. Uh, hockey. Ah, shootouts. Bleh. But both teams get to get to shoot every sport on the planet that's a legitimate professional sport where there's a lot of money that people pay and players get paid to compete in they have an extra quarter or an overtime or a sudden death where both teams get to touch the ball yeah. the only exception is football that is an inherent problem i do think that has to change is that the story of yesterday no I think a lot of people want to make Josh Allen not touching the ball in overtime the story of yesterday's game. That's not the stories of yesterday's game. No. 13 seconds, Pat Mahomes 
doing what he did. That's the story of yesterday's game. Josh Allen ripping apart the Chiefs, going toe-to-toe with arguably the best quarterback in the league. That's the story of the game. Overtime's not the story of it. Do we need a mass overhaul? No. But there is something inherently unfair with the current NFL system. Even though it's improved, the current NFL system where both teams aren't guaranteed to touch the ball. It, it, it is true that it's different, but football is inherently a different sport. If you, if you look at what football is, especially with how much of a – like, do I want to see these guys going at it for another 15 minutes? I don't think so. The Bills' defense was obviously gassed, and either one of those defenses would have just kept getting scored on back to back to back. Is that exhilarating? Is it fun? Yes. Is the number, would, would it be cool as a fan to watch those offenses keep going after them? But at the end of the day, if you're going to be the number one defense in the league and you're going to tout yourself as that – and you're going to be a, a full team. I mean, the Bills are good on all three phases. You got to make stops. You got to make the right calls. Maybe you squib kick it. Maybe on offense, and this is my radical theory right. that nobody's talking about. Let's hear it. Let's this hear it, it, Theo B. Enemy. And I think everybody will agree with me when you give time to let it digest. You score <laughs> that touchdown with 13 seconds left. Everybody's looking at the squib kick. Everybody's looking at how they play defensively with 13 seconds left, playing so soft and letting the Chiefs run on them. If you go for two with Josh Allen, as your quarterback, who we already talked about is one of the craziest threats in the red zone, him the runner pass. Do you think the Chiefs' defense would have been able to stop them if they went for two there? Mm. Same result if you miss it because the Chiefs win then on the field goal and um, you don't get to touch the ball in overtime. But if you score I mean, that, that is touchdown, playing the result though. But I'm not. All right, so let's not even play the result. I'm trying to consume this. It hasn't upset my tummy yet. It's, it's got to be at least a 60% proposition that, that Josh Whoa. Allen gets you a two-point conversion there. Josh Allen. We're not talking about average oh. quarterbacks yet. We're talking about Josh Allen, that Bills offense against that gassed Chiefs defense that have ran up and down the Stone, field. Stone, I don't entirely hate it. If you go for two and score, there's no way the Chiefs are scoring a touchdown on you in 13 seconds. With how hot the topic has been this season, just imagine not getting it. If you miss the two-point conversion, you still have 13 seconds to stop them from getting in the field goal range, and maybe you don't play so soft like they did because they knew that even a field goal would not end their season. I'm telling you, Make- I... I can't sit here and defend Chargers head coach for going for it on fourth down every single possession <laughs> and then just poo-poo Theo's got, theory here. You right. got Josh Allen. You have Josh Allen and you're going up against a gas. Remember, that was regulation. They didn't even get the break at that point. Yeah. A gas defense. And he had just completely torn them to shreds. And he's been killing them. He's hot. He hasn't messed up on a single play in the past three, four minutes of the game. Do you remember the two-point conversion to Stephon Diggs? That he's just yes, completely he just, running for his life, making it happen. And he Those made are it the happen. back of the end zone. And he made it happen. So put the ball mm. in the hands of Theo. your best player. Theo, you're you, making me tingly, You actually. go for two. You go up by four. <laughs> All right. And even Magic Mahomes can't score a on, touchdown Theo. in 13 Talk seconds. dirty so, to me. Let's go. <laughs> I kind of like this. Let's go. So tied to, you know, the one of the greatest football games of all time, that would have been your, one of the greatest calls of all time. That would have been a great call. Oh, man. It would have been a great call because you go up by four, and people are going to criticize it if you miss it, maybe. But still, you give your defense a chance. Even if you miss it, let's say you miss it, you're up by two. You're going to say, I have a defense that can stop them from getting in the field goal range with two plays. Like, oh, you, maybe you play it a little differently because they played the guts, way too man. soft. Theo's I would have went for two. Guts, man. You know what? I kind of like it. I'm, I, and not only am I not going to poo-poo it, I'm going to endorse that. Let's do it. <laughs> Theo, I'm into that. Bob's in Port St. Lucie. What's going on, Bob? <laughs> hey, guys. Um, the game for me, if I were a Bucks fan... I would be more heartbroken because they tried to come back, tried to come back, and the Rams ultimately beat them. Yeah, they, they not only came back, but then 
they just completely lose arguably the NFL's best wide receiver on a deep bowl to have everything Corny, come yeah. crashing down on top of them after a 27-3 comeback. That's so deflating in the grand scheme of things. What I'm also wondering is, is this going to be bye-bye Brady? Could be. Could be. Let's hear him after the game and appreciate the call, Bob. Uh, let's go ahead, Stone. Sorry to uh, throw an audible at you here, but uh, I do like Bob programming the show. Uh, this was Tom Brady after the game yesterday. I do have a feeling, Theo, when you're back tomorrow, this might be a legitimate long topic of conversation. But here's Tom Brady yesterday about his future after the loss to L.A. I haven't put a lot of thought into it, so you know, we'll just take it day by day and see. We're going to see where we're at. Did you at least take a moment as you came off the field or, or at any time today to, to think about that, to think that this this might be the last time I'm out here? No, I was thinking about winning. That's kind of my mentality always, to go out there and try to win, give my team the best chance to win. Day by day. Going to take it day by day. Yeah. You know what that means? He's having some doubts. He's at least considering it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, Stone's not into it. I'm not into it. That's Aaron Rodgers-like. He ain't going nowhere. Brady well, ain't going let's nowhere. Hear, let's hear Aaron Rodgers. Let's hear Aaron Rodgers juxtaposed here against Brady. Here's Aaron Rodgers on his future. And, I mean, you would agree, Theo, that it seems a lot more likely that Aaron Rodgers is either A, not coming back to Green Bay, or B, done altogether than it yeah. would be Brady, even despite a pretty sizable age difference. Here's Aaron Rodgers after the Packers lost to San Francisco. You know, so many guys' contracts are, are up or on the brink or salary cap stuff. So a lot of decisions to be made. I don't want to be a part of a rebuild uh, if you know, if I'm gonna keep playing, so uh, that's it right there. A lot of decisions, you know, in the next couple months. That certainly seems a lot more dire than Tom Brady yeah. day by day, right? He said literally, "I don't want to be part of a rebuild," which is kind of what the Packers are stumbling into. And for him to say the second part of it, uh, which was what well, he said, uh, "I lost it." I don't want to be part of a rebuild. Yeah, then he said something else. Pretty much what he's saying is, "I don't think I'm gonna like like the Magic mm-hmm. Johnson uh, meme." I ain't going to be here. I ain't going to be here. Uh, Tom Brady, you can't have a guy, too, who has spent years chirping about playing a 50, and then now after one play away from going to another NFC championship game, he's going to hang it up. I would be surprised. Exactly. Is it out of the realm of possibility? No. But would I be surprised? Yeah. You're not mad at him for playing along like that? No, because I do think there's doubt. There was a report before the game that he's at least discussed it. With confidence. I, I believe it was Jake Glazer. I like that. I think this also plays into what Tom Brady has been doing all year and it's giving us more, like making the conversation more about him because he likes these storylines coming out. He likes people discussing it so then he can either poo-poo it or, you know, eventually walk off into the sunset. But Aaron Rodgers does it and you hate it. Well, but Tom Aaron Brady. Rod- no, because Aaron Rodgers is a drama queen yeah. and he's a victim. Oh, I did something <laughs> stupid and people are mean to me. Feel bad for me. Like, that's Aaron Rodgers. It's just so annoying. Yeah, so annoying. Tom Brady's also a little more cool about it and less condescending. Yeah. And less know-it-all. Much and less, less like, condescending. It's, it's personality. Hey, Pat, can I come on your radio show so I can talk about how uninformed I am and Dr. Jim Roden and I'm from Michigan and I'm in a victim. Oh, he Pat, sounded just Pat. like that, too. It's crazy. <laughs> that was a great impersonation. Like Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Ken Levick Alive is presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. And uh, let me tell you about what's coming up here in Palm Beach County. We have the LPGA returning to Palm Beach County. Some of the biggest stars, including Madeline Sagstrom, who I talked to a couple of weeks ago. 
Bell Honda Classic Live. She won the GameBridge LPGA at Boca Rio two years ago. It is back at Boca Rio Golf Course January 27th through the 30th. Join us for the first LPGA event of the season, the tournament World number one, Nelly Corda, 2020 champion Madeline Sagstrom, as I mentioned, and fan favorites, Brooke Henderson, Lydia Ko, and Lexi Thompson competing uh, for the $2 million purse at the GameBridge LPGA. To purchase tickets, visit GameBridgeLPGA.com. The LPGA Tour kicking off 2022 right here in Palm Beach County at the beautiful Boca Ria Golf Course, the biggest stars in golf in our own backyard. Go check them out. And right now, we're giving away a four-pack of tickets to see him again January 27th through the 30th, Boca Ria Golf Course. This is coming up. LPGA, the first event of the season, the GameBridge LPGA. That's right. The world number one is there, Nelly Corda, the champion of two years ago, Madeline Sackstrom. She's there. Lexi Thompson, she's there. Four-pack of tickets to caller number three right now, 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776. That's 888-760-3776. Four-pack of tickets to see the GameBridge LPGA first event of the season at Boca Ria Golf Course, January 27th through the 30th. 888-760-3776. Third caller gets a four-pack of tickets when we return. He is Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 20. I'm Ken Lavica, and we check in on our poor, sad fans when we return. We're live on ESPN 106.3.